So before we begin discussing the season finale of Star Trek Discovery, I just wanted to discuss coming one, home. Coming home. Before we come before we bring it home, I just wanted to bring up one quick news item that broke today and I wanted to get your hot take on it. Oh, so we finally have the release date for the 4K release of Star Trek The Motion Picture, which is coming out on First Contact Day. That is obviously April 5th and will be on Blu-ray in September. But okay. I, we finally get the 4K version of the Director's Edition, I should clarify. It's the Director's Edition that came out in 2001 and looks fantastic in the trailer. Very excited to see this. Do you have any? I don't have any way to watch 4K. So I don't care. <laughs> don't Sorry, that's my hot take. Oh yes, because the TV I gave you is not 4K. Right, yeah. and also I'm not that into 4K at this point in my life. Well, you could always. I mean, it is going to be playing at in the movie in the uh, theater as well for Fathom Events, so we could you always go tried see that. that. <laughs> well, this hadn't. Well, that. Well, actually, no. So this is playing. Okay. This is playing at Fathom Events, and then the Wrath of Khan will be playing at Fathom Events as well. Right. So it's pretty cool. But wait, answer me this. Yes, we'll try. The director's cut is that available? I don't know. I, I I'm not up on all the versions. Yeah. So the, is this something that we would have probably seen and not realized it, or is this a drastically different cut? No. So the so to give a little quick um, history, the director's edition was the only edition of Star Trek: The Motion Picture that was released on DVD, and it was released in 2001. And they took some of the effects, they improved them, they um, they kind of finished the movie in a way. Um, but they and they also modified some effects with then modern CGI. Um, but they didn't create those effects. Blu-ray was not out yet, obviously, so it was all done in standard definition. High definition was not common at that time. So, but every subsequent release of the film, which came on high definition, was the original theatrical cut. So it was never the director's cut. So what we're getting in this one is basically the director's edition re-rendered in 4K, but there's also some other improvements to it as well. So um, there's a little bit more to it, I think, than just the effects that we saw in the director's edition from 2001. So no change to scenes or story or edits? No, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm okay. aware of. So, um, But it's been a long... I mean, there was a long... It's been a long time coming. I mean... Because, you know, it's not one of those, it's not like the special edition of Star Trek where it's like, you know, lamented, right? Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. It's, um, sorry, well, what I meant to say was it's not, it's not I meant to f frame that oh, as, it's not Star Trek's version of the special edition, right? Um, right? Because it doesn't change narratives. It doesn't, it just, you know, like, for example, they show Starfleet headquarters and it's clearly a matte painting. They decided to actually make it a live scene oh. this time like so it's like it's okay. thing it's things like that you know special edition didn't change stories it just added i mean we should not have made some special edition but of star wars yeah it didn't change right. the story it was like we'll show tatooine but we're gonna see more of it or we're gonna see a right. stupid dinosaur walk by or whatever but would you say but wouldn't you say that showing young anakin at the end of jedi was sort of a change in the story because now it's they're showing the the original series or they're showing um the prequel version of Anakin rather than the original actor. Isn't that fucking with it oh, a little yeah, bit? I like that better. What? Yeah, but I like that. I know it. it I, I get it. It's the consistency. So yeah, it was the same dude. Yeah. 
but so yeah i mean no no drastic changes like that but i uh, it's it's something i've been really much very much looking forward to yes and so, so i assume that i'm 99 sure that when then when that when we saw it wait did you go to that anyway. i did not go to that because i was gonna say if we go see this in the theater you cannot walk out this time Right. When I go see it, when I saw it, rather, in the past, yeah. the, I'm going to throw in a plug here. Uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, the Brattle Theater. It is a fantastic yes. old school theater. Um, they show, you know, new releases, but also... We saw Halloween 3, though. Yes. Right. Halloween 3. We're going to go see Halloween 3. You know, like a film print of it. So it was, yeah. I just, if I remember correctly, it was a, I think it was just a 35 millimeter print of the motion picture. So I don't think it was any director's edition. Yeah. I think it was just, because I remember the didn't look that great. You asked me to go, and I and I and I kind of wanted to, but it was a it was it was in the middle of the week, as I recall. It was like a Monday, or no, it was like a Monday, I think, or a Tuesday, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta work in the morning, dude. Like I can't. <laughs> yeah, and this was my first year of teaching, and uh, yeah, I was still trying to do the things I did before, and I was just so tired from right. Waking. Yeah, Early I just was not. Bed. I just was not up. I was not up for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but it'll be, it'll be um, it'll be available April fifth exclusively on Paramount Plus, and then you'll be able to buy the blue the uh, the disc in September. Okay, and there it is. And what's the, anything announced for the disc as far as extras? You know, little hats. Uh, that I'm not sure of. Okay. That I am not sure of. So. I haven't I haven't looked into that too much. I assume I assume they're going to transplant a lot of the previous special features to the new disc, and I'm sure there'll be a special feature all about how they made the 4K restoration, right? Oh, oh man, this is going to be a whole new thing for the Trexpert guy to be like. Right. But I worked on the DVD I don't, extras. I worked on the DVD extras. I don't think that we're going to learn anything new about the movie. So. Um, Sorry, I don't know why I was so mean about that. <laughs> yeah, You've done great work. Cut that out if you want, or please cut that. I'll out. think about okay. it. Okay. All right. Anyway, let's 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 uh, let's come home now. Okay, we're coming home to the thirteenth episode of the fourth season of Star Trek: Colon Discovery. I want you to be honest, really quick. Are you glad the season is over? I am exceedingly glad that the season's over. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, I just want to focus on Picard. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So I think we learned some important things from this episode. Yeah. One thing that we learned is that, and we've sort of gotten a hint of this all season, but we learned it in two specific cases, is that um, uh, in the Federation of the Future, you can break any law you want if you have a really good excuse and there were deep, deep emotions behind your decision to break the law. Yes. If you were really, really, really upset, then mm -hmm. you can break the law. And in an interesting way, we had the same conclusion to this season as last season, even though we didn't really think of it. But last season was because a boy's mom died and he was very sad. And this season is because a scientist's friend died and he was very sad. Yes. And we got the... We also got the... It's, it's almost like the, the season finales of Discovery have not gotten very cliched. Like, where's the scene that you're talking about? Okay, now here's the scene with the celebratory pats on the back at the end and pl montage played over log entry by Michael Burnham, right? Like, things like that. 
it's all of the like Star Trek Discovery has become one massive, almost like cliche of itself. It's invented its own cliches that are yeah. worse than regular Trek cliches. Right. I really, I really, really does bug me the the montage where it's this whole thing of they keep telling us the crew likes each other, and we see right. montages of them smiling and laughing and hugging, so we know that they like each other, but we don't get to see it. We just see a montage. Right. Uh, although, in fairness to the show, there were moments. Like, even that last moment where they were all kind of standing in the alien world and having yeah. that final conversation with the 10 you know, like, this is actually kind of cool and this is kind of different. Yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't gloss over the fact that this episode and just the season in general, like, they did do some interesting things. And we've continually said throughout recording podcasts this season that it's clearly the best season of the show. Um, I mean, it's a relatively low bar, I think, at this point, but it was... They they did some things and they did some, they did some right. They they did some. They did some good things. They did the right things in some in a lot of places, um, and it was I was glad that this didn't culminate in sort of like a massive, pointless battle at the end as we've been getting on this show all the time, right? We really didn't get right. any space battles this season, which I, which. Yeah, none. Yeah, I was happy about that. We got no space battles. I don't think we got any disintegrations. No, we just got no, asteroids. Get... No, actually, Picard has had disintegrations. We just got we just got asteroids getting thrown um, yeah, at Earth, right? Much more tasteful. Right. That's the word I don't use for discovery often. Tasteful. Wait, it was tasteful that asteroids were getting hurled at Earth. Yeah, because there oh. weren't a lot of asteroids. Okay, I just figured by the thirty-second century they would have had some way of. Well, they did. They had the shield, but the... But they were still gravity. getting through in some places, right? Well, the gravity was being all messed up because of... Oh, that gravity, man. The, D the DMA, I guess. Yeah. DMA? The DMA. DCF? I gotta tell you, like, I... I when right management? When they... When they... When they succeeded at the end of... And, you know, we'll go in order here in a second here, but I'm just kind of making my mm -hmm. observations. When the ten C, when they succeeded at the end, and the ten C was like, were like basically like, oh, sorry, we'll turn it off. The asteroids then stopped and came back in the other direction, and I thought to myself, well, it's still <laughs> a projectile; it's still going to be dangerous. Now, even though it's coming in the other direction, you're still going to yeah. hit ships out there. Yeah, like what does this thing do? Does it control the asteroids? <laughs> is it sucking? Is is it suck? Yeah. Is the wormhole sucking the asteroids back in, or yeah, something like that? that yeah. So I was like, all right, well, whatever. If you say so, Discovery. The thing I found most fascinating here, well, I mean, it also, it made the same mistakes that it, it did the same things that it does that I don't like. Right. Once again, the, the stakes, there were no stakes, didn't commit to anything. No. Book died for five minutes. Oh, God. Um, it, it, it bugs me because I knew that's what was going to happen. Yeah. I, as soon as he... I didn't, didn't, honestly. I thought that they did it, and I was so happy. Oh, no. I, I thought they actually did it. As soon as he didn't materialize, I said, "No, I don't believe it. I don't believe. I don't believe that they would be that ballsy and do that. I don't believe a second. I don't believe it for a second. Yeah, that gets because they never do anything ballsy. Yeah. Now, some people out there might say, "But they sent him into the future." Okay, whatever. Okay, that's, that's a, that, okay. That's a cool narrative choice. Yeah, yeah. Right. I like this. So I like this. It, it was that was cool. And what here's what I liked about it. I like that Michael. I actually really like that moment. When Michael went from elation to total devastation. Yeah. 
Yep. That was very cool. And then went right back to command. Yes, finally. Yeah, I Ooh. thought no, that I thought that that worked for me. I thought that was actually pretty powerful. Yeah, yes. I thought she did yeah. a great Ooh. job with that. Yeah. So here's the thing: this episode was written by Michelle Paradise. But here's the thing that I realized: it's just another day in paradise. This is a this is a sort of a, a, a microcosm. I love to use that word for this, but this is a microcosm of Michelle Paradise's time on Discovery. Yeah. Because you had an episode that went from um, really effective moments, yes, and then completely frustrating moments, yes. So I feel like yeah. every season, that's how we feel. We feel like we get moments that we really, really like, we even love, and then we yeah. get moments that are so immensely frustrating that they right. drive us crazy. And I yeah. think that's sort of the, the hallmark of Paradise's uh, stewardship of this show. And it's all here in this episode. In one... Yeah, because did, did she write the finale for last season as well? Let's see. Yes. Okay, same, because um, same Jim writer, Michelle Paris, same director, Olatunde. And I know she did the I know she did the one for uh, season two as well. I know she did such sweet sorrow one and two, and I agree with you because I remember I I think I described sorrow, Alex I, Kurtzman and Jenny Lumet also with her. I think in. I think when we were talking about the season three finale. I think I was describing a style similar to that, but I, I think the way I described it was, the word I kept using was, it felt very uh, frenzied. Mm. And because, like you say, you're going from this and th this emotional moment then to that emotion. Like, you've got battles happening over here, then you're cutting to this. And, you're, and then it's like, there's, it's, it's very chaotic and there's no, like, straight path. It's just, it's, it's all over the place. Right. This one was much more focused. Yeah. Which I like. Right. And I did find a, this is also something to give credit is I found many many of the emotional moments, even though even ones that I didn't like the lead up or the setup, I still yeah, yeah. found the writing and the directing and the acting in the moment very effective. Right. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: like, I, there are a lot of things about. I'm actually gonna. I'm gonna read what I sent you a few days ago. So a few days ago, I was reading a uh, review of the um, from Space.com, which I think does very writes very good um, Trek reviews for these uh, shows, and they were reviewing the finale, and they kind of had the same they kind of echoed the same thoughts they had about the season three finale. They didn't like it, and what they said was, if you just bear with me one second, which I think really highlights the issue here. It says it's really hard to fully understand to fully understand. An insane effort is put into prop design, prop placement, continuity, set design, wardrobe, Easter eggs, and so on. Which is true. The show looks fantastic. Everything about the production looks fantastic. Then they say, but why, but why then, for the love of quality science fiction, is the story writing so shockingly weak? The cast mostly put in incredible performances, and the actors have, one assumes, no significant impact on the story. So they cannot be blamed in any way. It's the showrunner. That's where the buck ends. Of course. Yeah. And, and it, I think that it's totally seen in the fact that there's some of the episodes are good, which means there are writers that can write. Right. There's, there are quality writers there. It's, it's just true. the showrunner is the one who's supposed to make it all fit together and be good. And uh, it's just not happening like, at all. I, I would almost want to say to Michelle Paradise, like, tell me... 
if 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 such a thing exists what is your bar for a good like when what do you, what do you look for that makes a good that you think makes a good discovery script what are the hallmarks that you look for that you want to see where oh, you I say yes this is great i think i i would i think i can answer that because i don't think because whatever, whatever they are i don't agree with but go ahead well i think they are like um we want to see we want to see deep emotions. We want to see people right. um, uh, discussing their feelings. Yep. Um, we want to see people like working on their emotional yep. issues, which you know, working on emotional issues is the key to a to a happy life. I truly, truly believe that. Yes. I don't believe it's the key to a good Star Trek show, though. Well, we don't. I, I think it's not. I'm not saying that the show can't have them. It's just. But Michelle, like, there's a, there's a, there's a space battle for most of the episode. Where can we even put that in? You got to put it in. But yeah. So but yet, it's it's yet. it's the question of like you put it in at like the worst times. But yet this episode shows. Yeah. That she knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. What is it? I'm, I'm yeah. echoing. Do you hear that? I don't hear it. Okay. Let me adjust. Yeah. If you don't hear it, that means it's not showing up on the, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. I can just move away because it could be just my mic just maybe picking you up. This fine. is what the this is what the listeners who watch us live get to see. I'm gonna turn down my mic. Okay. I mean my my volume in the room. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, we're live. That's good. Yeah. See, there's all the. Sausage gets made. Aren't you less, all glad you tuned in for this? There's less slaughtering of pigs to make our sausage than normal. Right. Okay, can you say something? Hello. And I'm going to say something. Oh, 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 I'm still there. You can hear it? Yeah, okay, okay. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. 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 Oh, there we go. We're good now. Okay. Um, yeah, she, she. I just think that she. I don't think it's necessary to put in, put this in in every single episode. That's that's the that's the thing. Every single, and that's been my major criticism. One of my major criticisms of the season. I've said it a million times over the last couple of episodes we recorded. The main star of this episode of the season have been people's feelings and i don't need this every week right i mean certainly any show is going to deal with emotions yes of characters but it's just that the emotions get their own scenes that's the trouble although but like i said this episode i believe handled it very well yeah yeah i mean you okay yeah, yeah, I'm just confused by my sound. Okay. Um, but, I mean, this episode obviously puts an end to the Taka storyline, thankfully. Which, <laughs> uh, I, I think, you know, here's a story that I thought started off interesting. Yes. But then just weared out its welcome. And only in like in 
honestly like four four or five episodes yeah um especially when they went as far as to show his past and and again like okay like i'm not this 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 character has presented us with his intentions we know what he we know what he wants we know what he's gonna do but i know i know this show well enough to know that it's not gonna take any risks and i think because of that i'm not invested in this character because i know they're not gonna develop him to the point where i'm gonna care he's gonna be out by the he's gonna be out by the finale because he's the he's the problem he's the he's the threat to the to the situation and they would never put the discovery crew in a position where they would fail they're always going to save the day at the end so knowing how i know knowing that i know that's that it's going to turn out that way i can't get invested in this in this character i don't care I'm right, and, and it doesn't matter how many times they fail up till the end because everybody knows. Well, that by the end, last it's, it's as if the characters know by the last episode they're going to save the day, so it's okay. Of course, right, yeah, and that's true. and that's why I keep asking myself and just myself and even out loud, why do you continue to tell stories like this? Because to your point, there's no there are no stakes. Like yeah, there are stakes, but they're artificial because I know how this is going to turn out. It's right, true. and it's somebody, true. You know, people have tried to argue with me. It's like, well, right, but it's all about how they solve it. It's all about the. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. No, it's about the journey, and like, no, it's not because once they solve it, see, and that's the other thing, they hedge all their bets. They've done it three seasons in a row now. They hedge all their bets on the finale to reveal everything or resolve everything. Yeah. And if that resolution is not that good, it hurts all the episodes prior to it, in my opinion. Right. And, and in order for that to work, there's too much of uh, what I, I always describe it as the characters knowing things that only the writers should know. Right. And that's how you kind of make that work. And it, it happens so much. And I just, every time, and this is not, you know, I'm, I promise you, I'm not watching the show looking for moments of like, oh, there it is. Right. I'm just trying to watch the show and enjoy it. Right. And but in this episode, when in the last, it's hard not to jump, sometimes. I just have to jump to a specific. So at the end, when Book comes back and then he starts going off on the 10C. Yeah. First off, they say we will not use the DMA near any life forms, and Book says you can't. Um, no, wait. He says, stop destroying lives. And it's like, they just said they're not going to use it in your life forms. So, but here's what he knows, right? He says, no, he doesn't know why they're mining for this crap, right? Right. He has no idea. He has no idea. And, he, and they say, we're all going to use it in your life forms. And he says, but that's not enough. You have to stop using it completely, right? He says that with such right. certainty. Like, this is our demand. You have to do that now. He does not know why they're using it. For all he knows, if they stop using it, they will all die. That, I don't believe there was a scene about that. I don't think there was. I don't think it was revealed to him. No, he doesn't know. Yeah, so, I think he was off. I think he was off with Taka at that point when it was when they found out. So he he's been off with Taka for like uh, ten out of the thirteen episodes. No, um, no, since the mid-season break, so about okay. about six or seven, um, I think. Yeah, six. So. He already knew that it was that was a reasonable demand to make. Yeah. Because he knew that they wouldn't die if they didn't use it. But there's no reason he should know that. 
Right. Like, what if they had said, uh, "We're all going to die if we don't use it." Sorry, we, you seem like nice people, but we're not right. going right. to. We're not going to uh, genocide ourselves for you. Right. Because you don't think that we should use it where there's no people on any planets, where it's uninhabited space. Right. Um, and that's that's like one of those things where I, I just am left to wonder. Like, how? Well, I also didn't buy the ten seas whole. Well, we didn't know there were life forms there. And I'm thinking to myself, how can a how can a how can a species be so advanced, and not know, and not know that? They may have said we well, didn't know you were advanced. What difference does that make? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, mm, <laughs> we you I, you shouldn't have to explain it to me. Don't 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 theorize. Don't don't well, try no, to cover. I, <laughs> don't try to cover for them. No, but this time I will, only because, you know, like, I, I I try to live my day without killing anything, right? But I'm stepping on, you know, I'm ste- I could be stepping on fleas and whatnot, I don't, I don't care. You know, like, I, all right, here's the thing. If I see a squirrel run across the street, I'm going to swerve or I'm going to break. If right. I see an ant, I'm not going to do it. If If you're driving? If I'm walking, I'm gonna step on an ant. I'm not gonna look at the branch. Yeah, I'm like, ants, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. As if that even matters anyway. It's a bad analogy. No, I get it. I just think that. I just think that. I don't know. I just wish that. It it wasn't clean in my. It just wasn't a clean. No. I was with them for most of it, but I just thought there were these little. It was rough around the edges. Oh, it was totally rough around the edges. Yeah, it was rough. It was like I wasn't get. I wasn't buying the full the full story here. Tensei. Yeah. Yeah. That drove me completely crazy. Yeah. What they said, remember, this is the other thing the show seems to forget. Space is huge. huge. It is our brains cannot comprehend how large space is. Right. I believe that they could send their digital rights management device anywhere in it's D <laughs> into the universe, right? And it could it's probably D- it could probably work for billions of years if they chose the right places and never hurt a life form of any kind, even an ant or a flea. Right. Because space is that big. And they can beam it anywhere in space. You've got the acronym wrong, by the way. I know that. That's why I've called it <laughs> Digital Rights Management, because it's funnier. And that way... Actually, it's not even an acronym. I yeah. sound like I'm making it a joke. Yeah. And I don't sound like an idiot, I hope. Right. Well, and I, I've said to you many times you know the problem i have with the show is that space feels very small everything feels like it's just around the corner yes right and you have and the spore drive makes that worse right yes and at least they acknowledge that today oh today when i watched it today but in this episode rather right because they i watched it for the second time today of course i always watch it twice because i want to bring the listeners the best possible experience um they said, oh, our sport drive is broken. It's going to take us decades to get home. And I was like, oh, yeah, good. At least they're acknowledging these things. I kind of think they were covering a lot of their errors or yeah. mistakes in this. Yeah. So Michael started to cry on the bridge, and then she got her shit together and said, nope, we're going back to work. Right. Like, there were a lot of things like that that felt like they were responding to message boards with scenes. I think they listened to us. I think they listen to our podcast. I think they're in the. I think they're in the chat right now. <laughs> now, speaking of space being small, all right. Yep. Screw it. I'm throwing the format out the window. I got a question for you. Okay. okay I'll I do my best okay. to answer it. <clears throat> well, can um, I just actually before you answer, ask? Can I say one no. thing? Please. When when you talked about 
the vastness of space and I'm mm -hmm. saying, oh, it's going to take us decades to get home. I actually thought for a moment, are they setting up season five? Are they? I'm like, are they seriously doing Voyager again? Well, remember, they wouldn't give her Voyager, so they would wind up giving her Voyager by accident. Yeah, that, that would have been a but gutsy move. I mean, it would have been the same. It would have been the same show again, That's right? True. I mean, ballsy move, sure, but you're all, but you're copying somebody else's ballsy move. Doesn't mean it's yours. Anyway, go ahead. All right, so we talked about space being small. Yes. Uh, we've also we've talked in the past about Starfleet being small. It, it's as big and as small as the plot needs. Right. So we got to yeah. see some other ships, which God bless. Right. Yes. That was nice. But yeah. here's my question: Why is it that the top Starfleet officer, Admiral Vance, is on a ship staffed by an instructor from the academy and a bunch of cadets, and the cadets answer directly, like report directly to the admiral, who is the top-ranking Starfleet person? That could be where they're assigned. And why is Tilly the vice admiral? I don't know what's going on with Tilly. I mean, she's she's definitely academy, right? So then they have the back to the academy. I need that teacher from the academy by my side right now. Right. With all our cadets, I want them here too. They're going to be an integral part of this whole evacuation. They're going to be the top admirals on this. Right. And where are the other academy students? Were those the only ones? It's just yeah. Are there other captains out there? Like what? That's the thing. The 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 show. The show, yeah, the show has extremely, I don't know why I keep wanting to use the word, it's not even appropriate really, but I just keep thinking of discovering the word clicky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I think it's because everybody's so tightly knit, like it's everyone's so tight together that like, but I don't see, who are the other captains? Who are the other admirals? Like, yes, like, there is a commander Starfleet, which is clearly who Vance is, yes. but he's not the only admiral. Right. Maybe he's the top admiral, but... Commander of Starfleet. That's yeah. who he is. Yeah. Yeah. But and so another thing, like, there's a whole command structure. Now, I don't know. I'm not a military person, but I got to assume if the head of the Navy or whatever was on a uh, ship, they would yeah. have some top-ranking staff around them. But yeah. he, every time we see him, it's him... And no other higher. He doesn't have staff. a. He doesn't have like a cabinet per se. Yeah, there's no command structure around right. him. And it's him right. and Tilly and a couple of cadets. That's yeah, insane. Those things, and and that goes back to you, I think, watching. Where silence has lease, and telling me about the command structure, the yes sir, the I sir, permission to leave the bridge, and, yeah. you, and you're saying like the, you're like on the deck. right, you're like Admiral those things, bridge, you're like those things. You're like they're small things, yeah. mind you. They're small things. They don't affect. They don't really affect the plot or the outcome or anything like that. But it's those small things that remind you of the world that you're in, where the show is set. And you said this, this show doesn't do it. You said Picard does it, no problem. Yeah, no problem then, at all. And then, like I said, the beautiful part. I'm going to repeat it because it was brilliant. When you have some formality. Yeah. The way that the characters act within that structure reveals yeah. things about them. Correct. Correct. Because if someone is more casual than the situation calls for, that tells you that they're like a loose cannon or they are, you know, a rule flouter. I think 
I think what you're doing is that you're addressing the, the, the point that I made a while back where I said that Discovery seems to have this habit of disregarding the, the Star Trek world, the rules of the Star Trek world, the canon, not the canon, but like the, the, just the world itself. The structure of the structure of the universe. They seem to disregard that for in favor of drama at the right time, because if they, if they do all of this, that may get in the way of doing what they think is compelling or something like that. Right. But the, yeah, I mean, which I is a real, which is a really bad choice. Which is a really, really bad right. choice. You can, you can still do drama. You can do the same drama in compelling. You just have to, you know, work a little harder to do it. I guess. Right. It. it I can. T- you can tell that the Star Trek universe sometimes holds them back, and they just with things like that, and they just decide to forget about it because they say, well, but if I do this, then then my dramatic monologue doesn't mean anything my my the monologue that i think is really cool and really dramatic and can be done really well it's totally mitigated because of this thing so they opt they elect to forget about that thing which ties it back to the to the universe as a whole and opt to go with this thing which you're like what yeah what about when you, when you could yeah. have still done it yes there's nothing, you know, we, we get these things. Really Which early. is so odd to me because they clearly left the 23rd century. So they were not going to be struck by, they were not going to get, um, you know, threatened by canon all the time. But now this is the new issue that they're having, right? I said to you, they're leaving the 23rd century because they want to tell these big stories that they're not going to be able to do in that time period because it's not going to allow they want to save the universe for some reason every single season, and you cannot. And they're afraid that people are going to say, "Why didn't I hear about this universe being saved? right?" You because it it ultimately what happens is it makes the Enterprise less important, right? Yeah, well, no, you, like it just well, not like, it, it sort of calls into question, like, well, I thought the Enterprise was because clearly. The Enterprise, you know, yeah, the one of the things series saving the universe every every episode. Not every or, episode, but like you know. The, the 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 level that Kirk was regarded throughout history right. would suddenly seem like, well, this Michael Burnham and Discovery crew have clearly done right, just yeah. have been every bit as heroic as he is, and yet nobody's talking about them. So it wouldn't have made sense in that time period. That's why they threw them into the future, in my opinion. That's a and, good point. Uh, yeah, it could be yeah. like, uh, wait, so this guy taught a lizard guy that like fighting wasn't the answer, and we remember him, whereas this lady slaves the universe seven times, and we don't talk about her. Right. So that that that's the theory that I've always had. I don't even know if that's true, but but now the new issue that I'm seeing is they just don't. They just want to kind of avoid the world of Trek wherever possible. For the sake of doing these high, sta- what they think are high stakes dramatic moments, that they otherwise feel they can't do because the Star Trek world gets in the way of that. I guess. Which irritates the fuck out of me. Which what that and what that means to me is that you guys need to get an Akiva Goldsman and a Kirsten Beyer, and you need to get people like that who know this world. Your people do not. No, like I really, I would love to ask Michelle Paradise. Michelle, be honest with me. How much Star Trek do you truly know? I, I really want to know. Here's the thing, too. It may be that she has. Let's say she's seen all of it, right? And maybe she has said, "You know what? 
all that formal military inspired stuff like that's not really the direction we're going society yeah. is much le less formal now you know we don't really want to be like a military show so we're just gonna you know we're gonna casual it up yeah you know it could be a conscious choice also i don't like it either way whatever the whatever the motivation is society, i yeah our society is more informal now than it ever was yeah been. i mean that make yeah it makes sense but and whatever the reason is for that, I mean, obviously, I'm just talking off the top of my head. It still comes back to well, whatever the reason is. I still don't like it. Yeah, I just still don't like it. I still don't like the decision you made for that. I don't like it. Either. <laughs> I don't like it. Either. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the stakes and no, the lack of commitment again. So I said how you've got we've got um a uh, book died for five minutes. Yep. Yep. Um, but you also have books whole reawakening or realizing and how yeah. I found it to be so not compelling because he was given zero choice in it. Zero. He never, he never really had a realization that what they were doing was wrong until someone told him, it's actually going to kill billions of people doing what you're doing. So he never had a realization. He never came to any um, reconsideration of what he had done or his motives. Yeah. He just was told, actually, you're not saving people. You're killing people. And I was like, oh, okay. I'll do that then. And it, it was just so dumb. You've got Tarkas saying to him, his book stops helping him. And Tarkas is surprised. Nothing's right. changed. And it's like, no, they just found out that you're gonna, actually going to kill the people that he thought you were saving. How can you say nothing has changed? Right. And ultimately, Taka's whole story didn't even matter at this point because he ended up dying. And I thought to myself, you know, as not invested in this character that I am, I still think a good way to wrap up his story would have actually been to give him what he wanted. What if he did actually get to the other universe? What if the 10 C <laughs> what if, well, no, but like, what if honestly, like what if the 10 C were like, you know, something to the effect of like, Oh, you know, you can't get the power. You can't get the, the, the uh, device, the power source, but we'll help you go to where you want to go. If you truly want it, like, you know, like something like that, where like, he discovers at the last minute, like the 10 C are not are much nicer than they think they are. Right. I would have actually, I, I would have actually liked that a lot. That I was actually, I don't know why I thought this was going to happen, but it, like when we when we got to this moment, when we got to the end of the episode and we saw the 10 C and everything and book was there and everything. I actually thought, I don't know why I thought we were going to get some ending similar to the motion picture where the, the, the Tennessee, they're so advanced and they would have done something to elevate Book because Book is hurting on the inside. Oh, yeah. And remember, and the, Book can communicate with Book the creatures. Can, Book can communicate. Like, they would have done something to elevate him to a higher level life form. That would have been great. But again, right? that's. I really thought we were going to go somewhere like that. And I thought if they do that, that's, that'd be a fantastic way to do it. Instead. What they did was they returned everything back to the current status they quo. They reset. They set it back to the current status quo. Because. And book has to go do some community service, but. 
you but, know. You, but you know what else too? You know what else bugs me? Hmm. As much as some may malign the motion picture, and I know you and I are like, it's not bad. I love it's, it. It's yeah. But I do find that yeah, go go see it late at night when you're tired. But I love. But what I love is the ending of it. And after that happens, what do we get? We get Kirk, Spock, McCoy, the Enterprise crew back on the bridge saying, Spock, did we just see the beginning of a new life form? And it, and it like, from what they saw, puts them, puts everything into perspective and what they learned and how they grew from all of it. And I think Discovery had a real opportunity to being face-to-face with a life form that was so, I mean, like eons ahead of them in advancement and just see how powerful they were and they recognize really how small they are in comparison that maybe there would be some sort of reflection on how, and like, did they grow? What did they learn from this experience? Like, you know... They stopped them from killing them. Why couldn't there have been a line like, you know, something like... Like, maybe, like, it's Michael with Saru saying, we really need to learn, like, you know, we spent our whole time assuming they were malevolent, and they weren't. We were misjudging them the entire time when they're really just life, a species trying to survive. And then maybe it could have been something like, you know, when you put that into perspective, Saru, they're not all that different from us. Some moment of reflection that puts everything they went through into the season into perspective and helps them to grow as not only characters but as a as as a species no you don't you don't get that what that's not what the show's about oh i know i know i'm saying if that were kirsten byer's show that's what it would be but i that to me is a missed opportunity it's not about saving the day at the end and patting yourselves on the back for it and then resetting everything to status quo that's not what star trek is and that's well, that's what irritates me. It's like they can't they well, can't I mean, reach that plateau. Most Star Trek's where you should set everything to status quo at the end of the episode. True. Most Star Trek. True, but this show insists on doing a mystery box every season. Although if they would if they would introduce a love um interest, they would be gone at the end of the episode too. Well, Saru and what's her phrase? I mean every any other Star Trek series. Yeah. But I mean, from what I told you, I mean I know I just kinda of went on a little bit of a mini rant there. I mean wouldn't you have liked to have seen something like what if you what if you saw something like that would you have liked to have seen something like that yeah i would have liked that or what i would have liked is a twilight zone ending where they say okay we'll send you to that universe right don't listen hear me out or he gets through his own way right and he gets there and it's a dystopia and he sees his friend and his friend like murders him immediately i mean yeah (laughs) you know what i would have liked to see anything that like had an idea and did it well, but, that, but, but see, and I, I say that it jokingly, but really, like I sort of feel like it's always very, it's always everything's very lukewarm, right? But like, like, I think that Earth rejoin the Federation. We could have seen that coming from ten miles away. Of course, I just think that Taka still could have got what he wanted, and I would, but just the way he goes about it, like he could have gone to the other universe. He could have found the person who he never that he talked about in that flashback i think you could have brought taka's story to a very kind of heartwarming conclusion in a way and you make him realize the error of his ways that maybe trying to 
you know, destroy them or steal from them or whatever, whatever it was, is not the right way to do it. And it's like everything he thought about the yeah. 10C is wrong. But right. we're, well, but we're still going to help you. Yeah. I mean, he had that moment sort of like that toward the end. Yeah. Yes. With, with book. Here's the thing. I don't think he needed I, to die though. I think I kind of liked Tarka as a character at a point, but yeah, a strange thing happened. The more they gave me about him, the less compelling he was. Because he was very much, I. You're right. I. I because I, I think hated he his motivation. Because his intention was very clear in the beginning, and I felt like I don't need. I don't need anymore. Yeah, like, I don't need anymore. I don't need I don't anymore. Really um, and even the, the the scene with Owa when he just kind of hinted at like when you've suffered as I have, you you would be surprised what you do. Right. That was way better because I was just like, okay, this guy's got some deep stuff. And then when I saw it and it didn't match up with what I had imagined, right? I was very disappointed. Like he's got some deep stuff, but I'm thinking, I believe you. Yeah, I, you don't have to. You don't have to prove anything to me by devoting an entire subplot to it. I and then when we you. saw it, it, it did. It was less of a big deal than it sounded like it was going to be. Right. Like it kind of Once felt I like. Thought, I thought, really, that's it. Like it felt to me that the show felt like it had something to prove to me, as if by this point I shouldn't believe. I should still be questioning his motives. Like, no, I get it. I get it. Discovery, I understand. Yeah, and then you're they giving, showed me something that was weak, and I'm like, "Well, I did get it before, but now I kind of don't get it." You're, you've given me enough by him telling us, and then having other people bring it out in him. Because again, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, it didn't matter because you spent a whole subplot showing us his time on that colony that was being as a prisoner of the Emerald Chain with that other character. And then Tarka says, I don't know where he is. I've never seen him and I'm still trying to find him. But we don't get that resolution. You know, I actually thought, I remember I said to you, I said, what if that, could he be a member of the 10C? Because we didn't really know much about the 10C. We didn't know that they were like literally huge and we didn't know anything. I said, what if What if that guy right. is a member of the 10C? Oh yeah, right? he had been like cast out for some reason. Yeah. And he was Get right. Revenge. Oh, yeah, it would be so cool. So there's no, like, res like the character was not resolved. It's just that his, it wasn't resolved in that final monologue he gave. No. There was still threads that needed tying up. Like I would have liked to have seen him again. He was suffering from that. He was suffering from a universe with a burn. He wanted to get to where he wanted to go, and it was not because he wanted. It was not because he had malevolent intent. He wanted to end his suffering. And how do you end yeah. his suffering? You get him to where he wants to go. You maybe find that person that he's yeah. looking for. That would have been... Yeah. There could have been something so much better than that. Because even the reason that, like, I, I kind of like the idea that he was suffering one and his suffering. And he saw books suffering and knew he could manipulate that. Right. That part was kind of cool. Right. And yet, it was not utilized. So, you know, now, now I'm, all right, now I'm going to let loose. <laughs> Oh, please, really. please let loose. Um, yeah. Okay. No stakes. No. Um, what was the other thing? Well, there were stakes, oh, but no we didn't buy through. them. No follow through. Okay, no follow through. Let me talk about no follow through for a minute. Yeah. Do you remember when Adira and Gray were such an important addition to this show? Yep, I do. And they never did... Not only it'd be one thing if they like had a great story arc and went somewhere and had a conclusion and then the character disappeared, but right. 
they just sort of we just kind of saw less of them for a while and then one of them disappeared gray is back on the uh is back on trill yeah i mean they yeah. might as well be um they moved uh you know back in with their cousin like in yeah. um three's company and they just uh Calling the phone every every couple episodes to be like, right. "How's it going back in San Francisco, everybody?" Oh, when yeah, when Chrissy was leaving the show, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's just like, what was there ever a plan for those characters? The That's show... my question. This is always my question no. with the season. Was there is there ever a plan for anything? It seems like there's plans for some things and then not for others. How but do yet, you start. But yet, here's the thing. Don't. This is what I find odd. They think of think of think of the how the season went. Okay, you had this main mystery box of the season, which was about the DMA, right? Mm -hmm. Which they set up in the first two-ish episodes. Then they relegated it to the background for a little while, and they decided to focus on characters and set these other things up with them and tell these compelling stories and the 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 throughput of the themes. Right, that was great. Then they get rid of these characters and we never, with like no resolution, some of them come back still with no resolution. Mm -hmm. And then this background plot, which they've seemingly almost forgot about, now comes back and gets resolved. But everything else that they decided to focus on for a long time doesn't get resolved. (laughs) So it's like the thing they didn't focus on too much got resolved. The things they did focus (laughs) on a lot did not get resolved. Yeah, I mean, Adira and Gray, I like them pretty. They were pretty I like them as characters. You know, right. They were my favorite. But I thought they were a good addition. Uh, you know, I would have liked to see an actual conclusion. It's like it happened off screen. You introduced them as the most important thing. And there was an easy story to tell there. Right. There was a story to tell there about how, you know, you can think that your destiny is tied up with the person and then you both grow and you realize that, like, you, you have to go in different directions or something. Like, there was a story to tell there. It wasn't a great story, but at least it was a story instead of, like, right. off screen. And then she goes back, where'd Grey go? And, like, oh, she went back to Trill. I'll tell you oh, what. okay. I'll tell you what. Here's some science to do. Grey should have joined the should have joined the Academy and gone off with Tilly. Yeah, she should have been one of those recruits. At least then it would be somebody we know. Instead of the... Right. Instead of the... That's ex- I think that's know, exactly... I think that's... Because in that first episode where Grey is back into full form... Remember, like he's in. This is the first. This is before the the break. He's in the. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not what they call it, but like he's in ten forward. Then there's an emergency. Everybody has to leave, and he's in there by himself, and he's talking to Zora, and he realizes he's alone because he doesn't really have a function. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, yeah, oh, maybe he's right. And I thought to myself, oh, maybe his function is going to be talking to Zora and helping her. But mm. then they got rid of him. Mm. Uh, unceremoniously. Unceremoniously. Now, I forget where we are on the timeline at this point. I believe Tilly is gone. She might be. I'm not sure. I forget where that. I forget where those stories lo- matched up. But why? I mean, Gray could have joined Starfleet. And Gray could have come back at the end of this, and now Gray has purpose. But you know, maybe he'll find purpose on Trill. I'm just saying, like, but we don't, we haven't, we didn't see him again. Yeah, Gray could have literally done anything. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think the frustra- I think where I get frustrated, and and maybe I shouldn't because Kovic, I'm mad at this too. They have threads for the season, 
But then they have threads for the series, which are clearly spanning multiple seasons here. We still but, uh, got no... calling it a thread generous. Yeah. Because we still... Kovich wasn't in this episode. We still right. don't know no, anything I... more about him. Listen to that. This is this is Kovic. This is Kovic. Let me explain the character, right? Because I read the interview with him, the actor. Yep. And he said, "Some I live in, where do they film? Toronto. David I live in Toronto. And sometimes I'm around while they're filming and I don't have my own project. And then I'm on the show. That's, <laughs> that's what he said. Okay. So that's dictating their show. Now, let me say one more thing. Could you imagine? Hmm. It, on Picard, they introduce a new character and then get bored with them and then they just disappear. Kovic Can you is... imagine any world where that would happen? I, mean, I couldn't. I could never imagine them doing that on Picard. Never. Right, because never. they don't. They're not wasting a bunch of time just doing stuff and like maybe this will become something. Maybe it won't. It's like no, they write a story. I think COVID characters have purposes. Characters I, I, have things to do. I am not convinced that they have any any plan for COVID. I think it's. No. I think he it's very. It I think it's very if much. Free board. He's on the show. I think it's very much like the first few seasons of Lost. They were just throwing shit at the wall without a plan. I think that's what they're doing with him. And they're like, they bring him on whenever they need some compelling, hmm. But they, but they don't have any, numbers. yeah. Because he's been so inconsistent. At first he was compelling, and then he was just like, oh, we need somebody to explain this thing, so we'll have it be Kovic. Because right. he's in town, he's filming a movie. What happens is, Kovic becomes this sort of like mystery Swiss Army knife, where he, his character seems to be one thing, talking about say the mirror universe with George O. okay mm -hmm. oh but now we have a scene about zora and we need somebody to so oh let's bring kovic here now oh now we need about communications with tensi okay let's stick Kovic over here now so kovic is very he's a character who has multiple functions but he has multiple functions as the show needs them yeah he's almost yeah. like filling a filling a role that almost anybody else could be <laughs> But you know, they feel like by keep doing it the same guy, making it the same person, it adds more of a mysterious element to it when really I have no idea. And it's just, again, it's, it's not compelling. It's getting annoying, quite frankly. Yeah, he's become sort of an exposition deliverer. Correct. Yes, yes. We need exposition. That's exactly what he and is. It, and it can't come from anyone you already know for some reason. So yeah. it's going to be him. If he's, if he's in town and he's not busy. Right. Um, now, all right. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm hitting in on something. <sighs> just I'm, I'm starting to realize something. Why the show is so frustrating? Okay. Yeah. Because it gives us things, and it gets us interested, and then it does nothing with them. Right. So nothing. remember, Clovis showed up. We were intrigued. Oh man, what did he do to George O? What is this guy's deal? Is he Section Thirty One? Clearly we setting up a section. It was series. so. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. The worst thing is, oh, here it is, here it is. When you realize that we are spending, we are thinking about the characters more than the writers are. Yes. Yes. That's very frustrating. What's going to happen is, mark my words, if Kovic gets any sort of reveal or resolution as to who he is, I guarantee you it's not going to line up at all. Like, whoever he may turn out to be, how they teased him in the past is not going to line up with whatever that whatever that resolution is going to be. 
It's because it's been so inconsistent because he's jumping all over the place. As you say, he's just the exposition giver. Is that what you said? He's the exposition giver. Yeah. And probably someone in his past died. I mean... Because that's everybody's Yeah. And, like, I just... I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Like, it's just... It's so... I'm, I can't, I can't handle it anymore. I can't be just, I can't be like, I can't be diplomatic. Yeah. It's just, so, okay, let me explain this thing. This is the thing that happens when I'm creating my student's essay. I'm quoting you actually by saying that. What? When we were doing a season two review about, I think it was about 25 minutes into it. You had pages and pages of notes and we had gone back and forth on a few things. And by the time you got to like one note, you were like, yeah, but this just, and you were like, I don't even know, man. And you just got, like, <laughs> so I, I, I sort of unintentionally just did the same thing you yeah. did. Yeah. It really is. The more, I, I mean, it's almost like because we do the podcast, maybe if we weren't taking notes and paying attention and talking about it, maybe we wouldn't feel this way. Yeah. We just kind of let it wash over us and then went about our business. But when you sit down and think about it and take notes, then everything just, it doesn't take a lot, but everything just jumps out at you. And it, it, it's, it's almost like it's becoming a lesson in like how not to run a show. Because if you're gonna run a show and you're gonna introduce a character, what I'm realizing here is you better have a few things in mind. You better be like, okay, why is this character here? Yep. What is the trajectory gonna be for this character? And, you know, how long are they going to stick around? That should be the three things that you can answer. Yep. And and when they leave, how are they leaving? Right. Right. Instead of, here's a cool idea for a character. Nice. Yeah, we'll bring them in. What are they going to do? I don't know. They'll be like a surrogate family for somebody. And then here's the, all right. Stamets <sighs> is boring as shit now. I don't know what he is. He has no personality. Uh, Adira has no personality anymore. No. Adira, in my opinion, I mean, she's an interesting character, but she doesn't. She has no function. They, excuse me, they have no function on the show. They've got no function on the show whatsoever. No, neither does Stamets anymore. I mean, Stamets could be anybody. He's a science officer now. That's it. Right. Right. They ask him science questions and he answers them. And every once in a while, he'll talk to Paul and be like, well, this is so good that we're together, and then that's it. They move on. Yeah, it's it's it is a it's bewildering. It's 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 so bewildering, and it's it's I don't know. And 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 it and I think what what frustrates me, what really frustrates me is you know you and I because something you've observed, which I totally agree with. They just always think that they are doing that they're really knocking this out of the park they really they're so self-congratulatory on what they do with this show and i've often said that i think that the character interactions and the way they treat each other the way they behave with each other i've often wondered if that's a mirror of what the writers room is like the constant emotional support the constant it's okay and like 
I often wonder if that's what the writers' room is like. Because remember we were talking about that HR thing from a long time ago. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's interesting because so being an educator, I've seen this sort of trend that sometimes if a kid is like not coming to school or not doing their work or, you know, something's like going on. A lot of times the first response is kind of like, well, there's a lot of trauma going on. They're probably suffering from some trauma. And, and, you know, I think if a kid is suffering from trauma, then yes, absolutely. Make all the accommodations to help them in every way you can, but shouldn't we find out first? Yeah. Yeah. So it is sort of this idea that, um, and it reminds me too, almost sometimes of the Starfleet thing where it's like, you can break any law, you can break any rule if your reasons are good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it's, it's, it, it, it truly amazes me how, again, they can put together the show and it, again, looks fantastic. I mean, it's, it, we're watching a film every week, but your writing is just abysmal. I mean, you, they have, I'm not, I'll give them credit. Like, they have good ideas. There's no yes. shortage of good ideas. They just can't deliver at all. Yes. And they even have good characters. They just don't have, there's no, it's a hodgepodge of stuff happening with no clear plan, except for the main, uh, you know, threat of the season, whatever it is. Right. It, it is. Um, well, they're doing the same shit every season. It's a mystery right. box. It's a mystery box, which they keep doing. The galaxy is always at stake. Right. Yeah. If not but for the whole season, for a part of the season, anyway. Yeah, and there are yeah. tweaks to it. There were tweaks. Right. Like well, this time, they didn't have to fight to. Well, they sort of had to fight, but you know, there wasn't like a battle to get to the end. Right. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, this is kind of interesting. The most compelling recent idea of recent seasons, I think they've had, was the first half of the Red Angel season. Yeah, and same with this season. The first half of this season. Yeah, before the break, the absolutely. Half, the Red Angel was like, "Oh, this is exciting! Like, I don't know what this is. This is, you know." Mm. That was the producer shakeup season. I know. Yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that that when we got Paradise. Yes. Yeah. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. You know what, man? Uh, I think I just had a realization when I was talking about that. Yeah. Now this is going to be the worst thing to say on a podcast, but when I was thinking about the Red Angel, I said, "Oh my god." All the time we've wasted <laughs> thinking about and talking about things that just yeah. are not worth thinking about or talking about. See, I think I think that Discovery is in a very unique position. Um, remember I have said many times over the years we've been recording this, where I feel, in my opinion, where I feel like where a Star Trek show succeeds the most is when they, when they tell a story that you could only tell on that show. Don't tell me a story that you could show on The Next Generation or Voyager. I mean, Lower Decks has that, but Lower Decks is kind of the exception, I feel like, because they come at it from a totally different direction. Discovery, I had hoped that when, they, when, when, when season three ended, and the Federation was being rebuilt and they were going out, they were going to be delivering the Stylithium to all these different places. That's how it ended. I remember I said to you, I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like I said, this could potentially be like 
this could almost be a riff on the Enterprise premise where it's sort of rebirth of the Federation. Because remember I said, I want to know what else is out there. How have things changed? What's the state of the universe? The Discovery crew doesn't really know. We don't really know. They can sort of be our mirror to, to get educated on what's going on out there, right? Why can't Discovery... Because, you know, the goal of the Enterprise in the next generation was, I mean, it, you know, it did explore and would encounter weird things, but it was also a representative of, it was also a representative of the Federation and getting a sense of what else is going, is going on out there, you know, the, and the politicking of it all and everything. And I mean, discovery could really do that. It could do, it could, it could be enterprise again, sort of enterprise redux, like rebirth of the Federation. It could go out it could do some exploring, but you know, I, I still feel like you have to separate your premises and the exploring part. I want to leave to strange new worlds, but discovery could sort of reestablish the ties of, and bring everybody back together, not just not bring everybody back together by saving the universe, but going out there and seeing what's going on. You know, are there still like embers of the emerald chain in places that they need to kind of help with? Like, I, I don't know. But my point is, like, what's going on with the Klingons? We have no sense of the world out there. And there with anything but the day-to-day of a few characters. Right. Right. And somebody else pointed out, which I totally agree with, they said, you know, where's the episode about where are the episodes about like Tilly's day off? Yes, the fun episodes. Right. Where are the episodes about not have fun? Where's the episode where Saru and Tarana is that her name? The the Romulan the the Navarin I forget her name Navarin yeah. president. Where's the episode where they get to go on a date together? Because right? they they are they I don't know what uh, we it's like they have to give us like sixty five percent Michael. Right. So as if dinner and and, and steaks and big steaks. Every episode is gonna be you, Michael. Right. Give her a day off. Give her a week off. I I, I really wish anybody but her. Like Michael is the lead. She's the captain. She's the lead. It makes sense. But she doesn't have to be insinuated in every situation. And I really think the show needs to be more ensemble. Yes. Yes. But yes. And the characters used to have personalities. So when your characters don't have personalities. You can't have an ensemble cast, or you can't right. give them a moment to shine because they don't have a personality. They're just right. a, I mean, interchangeable cog. Those episodes were like where Data is learning how to date. Right now, it's going to be someone that's going to say, "Yeah, they had twenty-five episodes." All right, whatever. They were entertaining. Do they? Do they want to entertain us? They give us entertaining episodes. Well, again, sure. They need to be. They need to be. But that's the thing, though. The next generation was not a. A season-long story arc. They just did these, or somebody right. actually said one time ago, "Yeah, but those episodes on Next Gen are filler." And I'm like, "Filler for what?" Yeah, what do you mean filler? What does that even mean? They were not. You didn't look in TV Guide, and they're like, "Oh, it's a real episode tonight." And then the next week, it's like, "No, it's a filler." Right. They're not. Yeah, they don't do story arcs, man. These aren't story arcs, right? So there needs to be. I mean, dude, we're going into season five here, and I like. And I and I know Saru and I love Saru, but I know Saru strictly because I've seen his face for the last five years. Yes. But yes, who is he for uh, real? Yeah, like we used to kind of know Saru. 
He used to have a personality. He was scared. Yeah. You know what? Okay. <laughs> they got rid Who of that are these too. people? Remember they got rid of that? You got his gangula taken out? Oh, yeah, no yeah, more yeah. That. Man, this... But it was... This episode of last week where Stamets kind of revealed something about his dad, some a detail that I can't recall, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, we got a background detail on Stamets. I haven't seen any of those. Like, you know, look, I'm not saying you have to do an episode devoted to a character every single week, okay? But, no. you know, and look, maybe you don't even have to do in a whole episode. Maybe you just do, maybe you just make that one of your stories for the episode. Where, yeah. where, where Saru is on a date with her from with the Navarran president and it's funny and yeah I mean because, honestly though I, I have hated their scenes together <laughs> but I'm just saying like we need I, I know what you mean. we need episodes like that and we're not getting it because everything also, has to be everything has to work toward like some like big stakes and it's like and they're yeah they're not doing anything great with the episodes that they're using on the story no so it's, it's this idea that oh they had 25 episodes on next gen it's like alright well they're wasting at least six episodes every season on Discovery. You, you, and you know, you and I have agreed, and other people, even the Trek BBS has agreed that the show lost steam after the break. You and I oh, said yeah. those first seven episodes, there's one episode that you and mm-hmm. I don't like, respectively. Yeah. But we said they did it. They did it. Yeah, they figured out how it. to. Right. That worked, and they're just doing it. Right. We were confused slowly, because it's right. They peeled away everything, right, and left us with the same as always, right. And like I even praised the arc for Tilly and how oh Tilly's finally has something to do. And yeah, boom. Because did did I say maybe I did? I'd, I'd have to go back and listen to our shows, but I, I'm pretty sure I did. If I didn't, I at least thought it. When we were like by by the time we got to like episode five of the season, this is when they were doing. You had three, two, three stories going on at once. A lot of stories being told. But you had that one theme being threaded through all of them. DMA, not really much going on with the DMA, just there in the background. But I I know I thought at one point, honestly, if they do this, if they're doing this now, I don't care about that DMA. Ignore it for for all I care. Because you've hit, I think, in these first six seven episodes you've you've truly struck what you you found what discovery's voice is this is how the show this is what this is discovery this is what discovery is this is how they're going to do it mm-hmm. and Mm-mm. but what they try to do is they try to do two things at once they try to do that stuff while also having a ticking clock at the same time and even in the middle of that ticking clock have those scenes of emotional support and like you can't you can't do those it tries to do everything it tries to do so much at once and it just can't it even it breaks up the rhythm i mean when you yeah but your your planet is 20 minutes away from being eaten by this ass by this by this star and and you're telling me about a hurricane that destroyed your town on the surface right now as this thing is about to envelop you like you can still do that but you you chose the wrong time to do it you can't just throw one of those in there in the middle of in the middle of this 
Okay, great, Reese. Your time was destroyed, but like, I, that's not where my focus is right now. My focus is you getting everybody off this planet in time before it's it asteroid in time, before it's enveloped by this by this star. <coughs> well, everybody, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we hope you know if you like if you enjoyed season four of Discovery, you know, power to you. You know, we're happy. No, and not power to you. Sorry. I let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. They can so. enjoy it, but. It's not good. It's not good. You got to do a soul search here. Yeah. You got to watch something good um, and then watch this and then be like, what's different? Yeah. But thank you for listening to us and listening to us talk your ears off about season four of Discovery. And we're, we're going to be continuing the conversation, obviously, with Star Trek Picard. I've already seen the new episode and I really like it. We've still we've yet to talk about it, but we're going to be doing that next week. And we still have uh, the last episode of Picard we have to release which I will be doing sometime this week as well. But at, at any rate, thank you all for listening, and we will uh, speak with you again soon. You can follow us on Instagram at in Star Trek We Trust Podcast, and you can tweet us at Star Trek Podcast on Twitter. Thank you very much, and we will see you next week. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>